This is the Eye on Potatoes, brought to you by the National Potato Council. The Eye is the place to tune in for conversations with growers and thought leaders on advocacy, production, and all things potatoes. Now, here's your host, Lane Nordland. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to more conversations here on the Eye on Potatoes podcast. Lane Nordland coming to you from Washington, D.C., where the Washington Summit was held and also in conjunction the wrap-up for the Potato Industry Leadership Institute. That uh, that great uh, activity and outing had its final concluding sessions at this year's uh, summit out in Washington, D.C. And, and joining us here today are two participants in this year's class from Pennsylvania. Brian Bender joins us, and from Michigan State, Mike Phillips is joining us as well. And uh, I, I tell you what... Uh, uh, you're, you're close to when we recorded this conversation, you still have a few more hours of sessions uh, to, to complete. But what what has it been like uh, participating in the Leadership Institute this year? Mike, I'll start with you. OK, well, thank you. And it's an honor to uh, to be here today. For me, um, I'm honored to come back. I'm actually a 2022 P League graduate. So you're the leader uh, Correct. of this, this Correct. class. Correct, the grower right. leader, yes. So um, for me, it's it's a great opportunity to get back, you know, in the whole industry piece and then here in D.C. on the legislative and, uh, you know, all the training involved. Um, it's been a fantastic trip. And, and Ryan, for yourself, what, what's it been like? I've loved it. It's been awesome to meet other growers uh, from all, all around the country. So I'm on my little farm here in Pennsylvania, but seeing people come from all around the country, seeing the industry, got to see a really cool mushroom operation, uh, chipping potato um, company. Uh, we had some leadership training at Gettysburg Battlefield. It was it's been it's been a lot. We've been we've been we've been um, running full days. Wow. Well, again, it is an experience, and, and uh, you know, you know, Mike, I do want to say you, you, you both are dressed so businessy today. <laughs> do you remember that last year? Yeah, Andrew Price. Yeah. yeah so, quick shout out to the 2022 <laughs> Peely Group. You know, you bring that up. Uh, you know, I still talk to those most of those uh, you know group members. Brian, do you know? Did you hear about being businessy? I, I didn't hear that one, and I'm, yeah. I'm kind of rebelling against it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're businessy out here today, but, uh, you know, you, uh, you, you touched on just a little bit about that trip going to Gettysburg. I heard about that, too. But for our listeners that th- this is something they're interested in or thinking, you know what, I, I'd love to do this, well, let's just paint a picture. Let's let's start at day one, all the way getting here to Washington D.C. Uh, Ryan, I'll, I'll let you start. Uh, let's talk about where you started and, and, and walk ourselves all the way here to the nation's capital. Yeah, so we flew into Buffalo, New York, and then traveled by Uber or taxi to Niagara, then checked out Niagara. Spent the night in the morning, checked out Niagara Falls, and then uh, had some training. Learned like an overview of what. NPC is, what Potatoes USA is, and how, like, expectations for us as, as potential leaders. And then we loaded up on a bus. We had to wait for some, had some travel issues with yeah, the storm going it, through. I heard it snows in Buffalo, New York once in a while. It snows there, but there was a storm that <laughs> delayed a lot of flights. So we had about, how many, how many of our crew? Eight. Yeah, missing some of the crew. Yeah. Loaded on a bus, though, and headed to some growers in upstate New York which I was, like, really excited to see. 
Well, and that's one thing. When people think of New York, they automatically think of the Big Apple, New York City. But there is so much agriculture and so many family businesses in upstate New York. What, what, what was that like to see and, and truly just learn about agriculture in that part of the nation that truly does get overlooked? I, I think it was, um, it was really cool to be part of like, what the nation is doing as, as a whole. So, like, like you said, it's, it's overlooked. It's easy to forget about different places. But seeing how it's, it's different, but they're doing the same thing yep. and how the similarities are there. Uh, cool to meet the, the guy that's operating the, the farm and running it and just so hospitable and welcoming and showing us around and answering questions. And it's really a great environment to be in. And just to add on that, if I could, you know, everybody has this, you know, all of us potato growers have the very common goal, right? And just to see the the challenges from different states and what they have to do to overcome, you know, whether it's planting or harvest or, you know, storing potatoes, it's just very interesting to see it from a different perspective of a different part of the country. Well, and speaking of those perspectives, um, yeah, Brian, let's just share for our audience uh, your, your grower operation and, and what it's like. Uh, but I, I just want a little bit more of a background, too, and then we can parallel that. What's it like just meeting different producers and and uh, and folks involved with the potato supply chain? Right. So I'm a fourth-generation potato grower in Pennsylvania, a town called Chambersburg. And we're, a, in the potato world, a tiny potato farm. So we're growing about 140 acres depending on our rotation in our fields. Half of them go for chips fresh out of the field, um, and the other half we call it table stock, so we're sending to grocery stores, restaurants, food service. Just We're packing them in, in 50-pound bags, 5-pound bags, whatever our customer uh, wants. And those are all, so like half of our production is all on demand, so that's not contracted. The chips are contracted out. Um, we store, when we harvest in October, we store them and pack and ship as, as the orders come in. And then as soon as we run out of potatoes, we will repack. So we continue to year-round supply to our customers. We believe that gives a better quality, more consistency, and that's what they're looking for. So we'll, we'll buy from the East Coast, Florida, all the way up to, uh, through Massachusetts when we don't have our own potatoes. And, and New York. A lot, we receive a lot from New York. That's why I was excited to see yeah. some of these New York growers. And what has that been like, though, especially as we get uh, post-COVID and, and whatnot? What, what was that like weathering that storm of just so much uncertainty, especially for your customers that were in the dining into things and sit-down sit uh, uh, consumption of potatoes? What, what has that process been like? It was I, crazy. I just want your perspective. Yeah, it was crazy. So we were like 90% all everything's going to restaurants, 90% of everything we're doing, and it just turns off, 0%. But we were, like, we're small, so we were e easily able to, like, quickly, like, as soon as it went no restaurants, the retail just went berserk. Like, it was, we couldn't keep up. So we were able to start packing in 5- and 10-pound bags for these grocery stores. Um, so we, we adapted quickly. Didn't like doing it. It wasn't what we were um, set up for, ideally, but we were able to do it. So I was, I'm thankful that we were able to do that. And since then, we were almost, I think we have, within the last, like, couple of weeks, we've fully, I think, recovered back to on the food service side. Yeah. It seems like it is, like, ramping back up to where it was in 2019. Well, th thanks for sharing that perspective, too, just because so many people have just 
similar experiences, but uh, I, I just like to see the resiliency of producers in, in sharing those stories through those very difficult and, and uncertain times that we, we didn't know what, what was going to happen the next day. And, can, and, can I add to that? Yeah, real quick? yeah, I forgot definitely. the NPC had like a huge part of that. We got to do a lot of the food box program, and they were, they were pretty um, helpful in creating that program, and we got to move a lot of our, our stuff through this food box program that helped us a lot. Thanks for bringing that up, too. That, that, that was vital, and, and so much work went into just uh, making sure that there was uh, funding available for producers, that uh, supply chain, again, through that, that food box program, which so many millions of Americans participated in. It was so cool to see those communities come together and the volunteer leaders coming out and handing out boxes of fresh produce and other foods to, to folks. Uh, they did it in rural Montana, where I'm from, and then they did in the big cities, and uh, NBC played such a vital role in that. I would just like to take a quick commercial break to thank our friends at Syngenta. We'll be back right after these words. Syngenta cares about potato producer productivity and offers a wide variety of seed treatment options protecting your investment from the beginning. Syngenta's all-liquid seed treatment Cruiser Max Vibrance Potato offers protection from harmful insect pests including Colorado potato beetle, green peach aphid, and leafhoppers. Additionally, Cruiser Max Vibrance Potato delivers immediate protection against fungal diseases. Contact your local retailer for information on Cruiser Max Vibrance Potato, Cruiser Max Potato Extreme, or Maxim MZ to find Find out what best fits your farm needs. Again, a big thank you to our friends at Syngenta for helping bring you our Ion Potatoes podcast each month. And Mike, for yourself, let's talk about your background in the agribusiness side of the potato business. Yeah, so I've, um, I work for a, a great company. Uh, we're headquarters out of Michigan. I do supply and quality management, um, and it, yeah, it's been a great run the last last few years. You know, to touch on the whole COVID piece, it's been challenging for our company, just like everybody else. Uh, but you know, we've brought the team together, you know, to overcome the challenges and able to deliver to our customers. No, we're turning back as as the leader. Uh, last year, the uh, is it a privilege or is it more of a curse having to come? Well, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I it depends if you ask me or my wife, but uh, it is an honor, um, really. You know, to to come back and and it's it's different, right? I mean, so just a quick walk through the week from a thirty thousand foot view uh, as the grower leader and not a participant. You know, helping helping the NPC staff, um, you know, coordinate things and flying into Buffalo and, uh, you know, being able to be part of the introduction on that first day when, when uh, you know, to explain to the participants exactly what Brian was saying that, and, uh, you know, the difference between the National Potato Council and, you, you know, Potatoes USA. Uh, the industry piece, you know, fantastic lineup to go see multiple different operations, whether they're potato related or not, um, you know, rel- like relevant, uh, you know, growing or ag um, visits that we did uh the the leadership training you know the of course as you mentioned earlier there's still a couple more days of of the uh the whole kind of class so the the 2023 participants haven't gotten through the whole um program but much more to learn oh i get to i get to grill them tomorrow morning yeah yeah and it's been it's i I, don't hold back (laughs) i'm i'm a mean media person uh, when it comes to to train no <laughs> yeah it's it's been great though you know the first year it's like you know drinking from a just a fire hose right so to be able to step back a little bit and kind of pick out the pieces that maybe i missed last year um it's a it's a great opportunity 
Now, I'm a, a history nut, and I love, it doesn't matter if it's, it's early American history, ancient history, and when I heard you all got to go to Gettysburg, and you had a, a, a historical strategy-type leadership building on the battlefield there at Gettysburg, and if, if, if folks have never been to the battlefield and seen just truly what these soldiers went through in that battle in the open fields it being there truly paints a picture of <laughs> failed leadership in terms of, of charges and whatnot but brian what was that like it was it was eye-opening it was kind of it was pretty unbelievable actually to to be on the field hearing like the description of of different events and flooding and people like bodies and horses just laying there drowning and just it's it was eye-opening to the just devastation and the struggle and the sacrifice and yeah like you said the leadership that was that was good that was failed and then just circumstances surrounding it was crazy and and how do we tie that into just the the trip itself and and, and growing as a leader and then bringing it back to the the leadership institute how, how important was that aspect of things the i think it was probably my highlight of the trip when we fir when I first honestly when I first found out where the destination was for the trip, so I'd signed up. Then I hear, "Oh, you're going to Gettysburg and New York." I'm like, I li "That's 20 minutes from my house." Like, okay, I've been there 50 times. But being on the tour with the Colonel, uh, uh, what was 30 year name? veteran Colonel Colonel Abbott. Yeah, yeah it, it, he had a huge impact, I think, on everybody, um, on growing as a leader. And you can't put a price on that. It was awesome. No, that, that, that sounds so cool. That, that's one of the things I'm like, God, man, I should have been there doing maybe a, a, the, the podcast there that day just so I could be the mouse in the background. you got to get Abbott on the, <laughs> yeah. on the podcast. It was, it was truly a great experience. Cool. Yeah. And does he live there in, in Pennsylvania then too, or, or did he come on just yeah. for that event? Yeah, he lives. he's local to Gettysburg. Cool. Yep. And that's right in your backyard. Like you said, you'd been there before, but just having a different perspective and having someone share that, that – it, it, isn't that amazing, though? You've been there before, but just one person can change your perspective on so many different things. Totally different. So I was telling, I guess, telling people what it was like. They know most of the people had never been there. Most of the people haven't even been to like the East Coast at all. Mm -hmm. So I was like describing what what's Gettysburg like to them. I was like, it's it's a little underwhelming. It's fields and rocks, and that's it. And then after experiencing what we went through, it's like I don't think anyone would even think it was underwhelming. It was overwhelming. It was awesome. Yep. Now, uh, I, I wasn't able to make dinner last night, but I came in after everything had wrapped up because the, the open bar was still, was still going there for a little bit. But uh, was there a cook-off last night, too? Yes, yes, there was. The, the 2023 uh, Instapot slash, and or um, Air Fryer Challenge. Yeah, how, yeah. how did that go? Well, I, I... It was fun. It yeah. was a cheat, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was awesome. It was so much fun. Yeah, well, go ahead. You participated. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they broke us up onto teams. I think there were six teams. We had ten judges. Uh, we had Chef RJ and Vince from Potatoes USA kind of like guiding us, helping us. And they created this uh, kind of like an Iron Chef environment. And we had an hour to produce a dish to present to the judges. And it didn't turn out the way I wanted. <laughs> I was hoping to win. And I think uh, – I was a little disappointed, a salad one, but it's all good. <laughs> well, I, 
Maybe I should have attended and, and been a celebrity. Could I? Do I qualify as a celebrity judge? Mark's laughing. No, I am not a celebrity judge. I am a B-roll podcast host. But uh, uh, what, what was that like, just team building, too? You guys have been on a trip. You, you've got to have fun with each other, learn about each other's backgrounds. What, what, what was that like, having a little friendly competition? It's definitely better than uh, sitting on the bus together, that's yeah. for sure. So, right, we had some time on the bus, but when you get into a more of a competitive atmosphere, I think it brings, like, people's real personality out. Oh, yeah. So it's cool, like, talking trash, going to table to table, <laughs> testing their food out. It was fun, a lot of fun. Lots of synergy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this, is, this would be day, that would have been, like, day five together. So, you know, this group of strangers at one point – finally coming together everybody knows a lot about each other and you know it's just a lot of fun now mike you mentioned that you stay in contact with your 2022 class participants and and brian i know that's something that uh, you'll have the opportunity to do as well but from your perspective mike how important is it though to create those relationships with with individuals that you probably will know for the rest of your time in the potato industry and you can learn you can bounce things off of them uh you know, almost like a peer mentorship type thing as well. Exactly. I mean, yeah, you're exactly correct. So I, it is just in the last year's time, I, you know, I've probably a dozen times been able to reach out and just bounce ideas, um, you know, and just use those participants from last year and network and solve issues together, you know, common industry issues uh, that we all are, you know, facing together. Um, it's a, it's a, it, Long term, I agree. Uh, it, it they'll always be there to you know bounce ideas off of, and very fortunate. Yeah, you got doubled now. Yeah, so now yeah, yeah I do. You're right. Very very nice. Increasing that Rolodex, and, and Brian, for yourself, you know, you signed up before you even knew where where the the trip was going to be held this year. Uh, it is a time commitment. It's a time commitment away from the operation, from your families, and then, you know, also coming here and advocating. But what, what's a message you have for somebody about not not being fearful about taking that step to, to at least try this out, go on the trip? What, what, what's some words of encouragement? I'd say a lot of times, just if you want to grow, you have to step out of your comfort zone. I think the the team has done a really good job, like, creating environments where we can grow. Everyone I've seen and myself experienced a lot of growth, just getting out of your comfort zone, meeting new people, whatever, experiencing new things, being taught things. But uh, if you want to grow, then you should come on. If you are if you want to just chill and miss out, then you can stay away. Now, do you feel empowered, though, to, to maybe step up in, in different leadership roles within the potato industry on the state and national level now? Or, or are you going to take some time to, to really just learn more about the industry and grow before you take those opportunities? I'm... I'll do whatever, whatever I'm told to do. I'll try to do it. But it's a lot like family is important to me. It's a long, long time commitment. It was, it was tough to pack the bag for nine days travel. Um, but yeah, I would, I'd love to be, I'm on, I'm really honored to be part of, of a group like this and just seeing like nationally and globally, the impact of growers and the impact of the potato is, it's very humbling. So do you think you will look at some more of those opportunities on, on the leadership end with, within the state or the national organization or, or committees or whatnot? Do you, do you think that that's going to fall in your timeline here in the next next few years? Yes, yeah, so I'm currently doing some of them. I'm serving on the board of the Pennsylvania Co-op for Potato Growers, serve on the Pennsylvania State Research Board for Potatoes. And, yeah, I hope this experience will help me, like, 
engage more in those and serve the industry and specifically the Pennsylvania growers uh, to a higher level. And Mike, for yourself, you know, it's time away from work mm -hmm. as well. But, uh, you know, how important is this also for your employers as well, just recognizing that uh, you help to, you're helping build that next next generation of, of leaders in the U.S. potato industry? Yeah, great question. I am very fortunate to work for a company that sees the value in program, not, you know, this program, but other, you know, leadership opportunities, training, um, building. So it, absolutely, I have a strong team back home that can cover for me. Um, and, and of course, my, my wife and three children at home support, you know, my career and, and everything with that. So it's, it's, uh, the, it's, I'm fortunate, I said, yeah. Well, what uh, what are some last closing thoughts, comments, just about uh, the, the last few days being on the road with the Leadership Institute? And just anything that you'd maybe like to tell somebody, words of encouragement. You could tell a joke if you want to. Just <laughs> any, anything that, that comes to mind. Yeah, I've, I want to thank Mike and the other Mike and Maddie and just the whole organization they've put in a lot you can tell they have thought through it and put in a lot of hours and work to provide a an amazing opportunity for us a great experience it's been uh it's been a privilege to be part of it and I'm excited to see, you know, where the where my class, the twenty twenty two Peely class and, and this this current class, there is some strong leaders in this group. I'm very excited to see, you know, years to come what where people will be and uh, you know, all of the great accomplishments they'll make within the industry. Uh for future participants, this program is it is an excellent program. You get the full the full piece of the whole industry. You get to do some fun things, travel, you know, network, meet fantastic current leaders, future leaders, you know, learn about legislative and how our government works, um, you know, fantastic training, you know, for building your personal skills and just overall just great exposure to the, the industry that is going to open a lot of doors. Well, again, thank you to Brian Bender and Mike Phillips for joining us here today, you know, uh, participating in the Peely Foundation's Potato Industry Leadership Institute, just like so many of the leaders that are, are helping lead the organization uh, to into the future. Uh, this is that next generation coming up and, and, and working to advance uh, the, the important priorities and issues that uh, impact the U.S. potato industry. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us here today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right, friends, that will do it for this conversation. Hey, for more on the P. Leaf Foundation and the Potato Industry Leadership Institute, make sure and visit them online and learn more about all the opportunities it provides producers and stakeholders out in the countryside. I'm Lane Nordland. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the National Potato Council's Eye on Potatoes podcast with host Lane Nordland. For more information, visit nationalpotatocouncil.org and make sure to subscribe to the podcast today.